Good morning or good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Swiss Pats. I am Susie Lyon and joining me is Don Delco. Good evening if you're listening in the evening. So we'll cover all three areas of the day. Absolutely. A little like Truman Show. Good afternoon, good evening and good night. There you go. The Truman Show reference. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's timely. <laughs> you uh, you don't watch movies, so you, I'm surprised you even know that one. I have watched that movie, as a matter of fact. One of only five you've seen <laughs> in the last 20 years. Yeah, pretty Don, much. Don doesn't enjoy a film, as we've uh, as I've discovered. Okay. I'm very Not disappointed complete, in you. I, I don't enjoy watching movies on a consistent basis. I do enjoy a movie here or there, but it's it's rare when I am finished with it and be like, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So I just tend not to watch them that much because I know most of the time I'm going to be disappointed. Most of the time. What did you think of the Truman Show? It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty great film. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. You're just like, it's all right. It's okay. I'd much rather listen to a podcast. Yeah, there you go. And this podcast is going to be a good one, hopefully, for everyone. We've got some news stories for you and we have a interview coming up later on with our third member from the Darling family. Harry Darling. He is a band member. He is a child of expats. He's no longer a child. No. Uh, Grew up here in Switzerland uh, for most of his life, and we will talk to him about his life here and his bands. Yeah, it's it's, it's really cool to uh, talk to a guy following kind of his passion in the musical world, and he is a punk rocker. Yeah, punk rocker. So uh, we we are the the buttoned-up... kind of nerds on one side of the table during that interview while he was a little just a tad cooler than us Don just a tad put it out there just a tad now before we get to Harry uh let's do some news uh with thanks to the local.ch I have an interesting one for you um do you no you don't have to do this I was gonna say do you drive with ice on your car but you have a garage I do have a garage but in a previous life we, you mm. back in the States, you've had to park outside, whether it was in college or high school or um, wherever. Like we, I, I have experienced um, driving with ice on your car. So, I mean, like I guess Ohio, it's, that's where there's a lot of snow in the winter, right? Yes, a lot of snow and you wake up in the mornings and your car can be buried <sighs> and it's freaking miserable oh my gosh so i mean it snows it snowed where i lived in england um but never where your car was buried like i mean sometimes once or twice in the 12 years i lived there it would be a little buried the best part was when it would like when it when the storm started in the evening it was still kind of warm out so it was like kind of like not a true snowfall maybe some rain snow mix and then as the night went on, it got colder, and so then that changed to snow. So then you had about a good, I'm going this way, a good couple inches of snow on top of, of about ice. an inch in ice. Yeah, that is bad. And you have to wake up. It's like 7 in the morning. You're tired. You're grumpy. you got to go to work. But first, you have to scrub your car. I mean, it's awful. In, uh, in England, I, I knew that this was bad, but I did it anyway. I used to boil the kettle and put the boiling water on the on the ice. Sure. It, it, I, apparently, it can crack your window screen, your windscreen. And really? Also, yeah, but you're not supposed to do that. And I also used to put salt on it, which I think Ooh, is pretty bad. That's not good. But the the boiled water trick I've had to do because 
literally my car doors because of ice were shut frozen frozen shut so you would go inside you'd boil water and you'd pour it over your car doors to get in to yeah. turn the car on to heat it up it's i miserable. never had this problem in australia never, <laughs> no i don't think never so Never once they currently have a heat wave in australia in australia if you put your seatbelt on you you're going to get branded by the the metal <laughs> part all right, so why are we talking about uh, ice on cars? The canton of Zug have warned so-called igloo drivers, which is people who fail to properly, properly clear ice and snow from their cars before getting behind the wheel, that they risk a steep fine and could even lose their license. I've totally done this before. Yeah. Totally. Where you, you heat the car up just enough to where there's like a little, just a little sliver of window and you're like, here we go, we're driving. It's so stupid. Yeah, like there's, as far as I know, there's like actual laws about how much, you know, you can have on your front. You're not supposed to have ice or snow on your, um, what are they called, lights at the sure, front, yeah. at the back. If, it, if it's on your roof, then in, uh, you know, the, what's, what do you call a roof? Probably something different. It's a roof, yes. Because uh, if you break, the the snow could fall into your windscreen. Or if you're going on the highway, it could go fly behind you in like a big sheet. Yeah, so that's dangerous. You can't just wipe it off your windscreen. You have to get it all off the car. Oh my God. It's just, it, it, just thinking about it just makes me want to cry. And the thing that floors me is, as Americans, we have the reputation of we love our stuff, right? And you go through these, you go through these, subdivisions of these big homes with these big two even three car garages and you consistently in the winter time still people park outside why because they have shit in their garage that they can't fit their cars in the garage the garages are for cars right exactly that what you need to do is what my dad does and he has a three car garage and that could fit two cars in and the rest has got junk in it that is happening more and more in the states but like it it always just flabbergasted me when i would see my neighbor in that seven in the morning scraping that ice off You're like put your car in the garage in front of his three-car garage i'm like dude that is huge in there just go park it inside and in the morning you could just pull right out and you're good to go but no because people have so much crap but that's a whole other discussion. They need to watch some Marie Kondo. Oh, God. Marie Kondo has invaded my house. Yep. Um, right. So more on this. So the police in Zug have issued a statement saying they've been forced uh, in recent days to pull over several cars who had failed to properly clear ice and snow from their windscreens, windows, and side mirrors. In one case, a driver had only scratched ice from half of the front windscreen. <laughs> while in other go. cases, police had encountered ice or snow-covered side windows. So obviously they pose a risk to road users, uh, especially pedestrians and cyclists, because they can't see them. It makes sense. It does make sense. I really think this is a really, it's really smart that they're doing this because people need to really take responsibility. And when you have all that snow on your car, you have to take the time. You have to get it all off so you can see where you're going. Yeah. Especially around places in Switzerland, because there are so many pedestrians and bikes. Oh, God. Right? Like, you need to be able to see out all your windows. It's hard enough seeing all the cyclists on the road without <laughs> snow on your car. Oh, I know. So there you go. If you are a outside parker and it snows in your town or region, then make sure you clear it. Because even your number plate has to be uh, viewable. 
by sure. everybody. That makes sense. So you have to clear everything. You have to clear it off the top. You have to clear it off the windows, the windscreens, the side windows, and the lights. And if you don't, you could face a prison sentence of up to three years. Wow. Boom, boom, boom. That's harsh. Yeah. So there you go. Well, not not so much prison time, but speaking of fines from the the polizii. In starting a year from now, in January 2020, there is going to be a whole range of minor offenses that no longer will result in a criminal proceeding. Okay. So what that means is at the start of next year, people who are ca- caught committing kind of minor infractions listed under these new rules pay on-the-spot fines without police even needing to note down personal details. On-the-spot fines. There's a whole range of uh, corruption that can go on there, but yep, mm. let's hear about it. Okay. So people can also choose to pay within the 30-day period, and in those cases, police, is, well, police will take their personal details and provide them with a payment slip. If payment is made on time, police record of the offense will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. This This... Something like this can only really take place in a country like Switzerland, Switzerland right. right? Yeah. Because as you mentioned, the idea of them saying, well, you have to pay $100 right now, a policeman coming to you, yeah. you did something wrong, you have to pay $100 right now, right? and we won't write anything down, just give me $100. Right. Like in 90% of the countries in the world, that would not fly. Yeah, that sounds like he, that's, dodgy. <laughs> right. Yeah. But in a place like Switzerland where you hop on the public transportation and they send you bills after the work is done, like it's just this can only work here. Right. And it probably will work. I think so. Now, it says this system has actually been in place for minor traffic and drug offenses since 2016. But a new regulation announced uh, earlier this month details exact fines to be levied for the first time while extending the current arrangements to include fractions outlined in 16 separate Swiss laws. Over 420 offenses, mostly traffic-related, are on the list. Maximum five and 300 Swiss francs, while the minimum is just 10. I so, mean, it's, it's clearly going to take less time for the police to deal with it, and, and that will be a major part of the reason, probably. Sure. All right, you ready to hear some of the uh, I offenses? I yeah. Unauthorized intentional consumption of non-legal cannabis. Right. How much do you think that is? Um, probably like the expensive one. <laughs> 300 francs? 100 francs. Okay. Carrying a loaded weapon? <gasps> um, I don't know, but that scares me, the idea of people carrying a loaded weapon and then not having to give the details to the police. Like, you it's carrying called that. America. Yeah. <laughs> that is 300 francs. That's okay. the big one. Yep. Which seems like, uh, oh, I don't know, common sense? Yeah. Use of civilian drones in national hunting ban areas. I mean, that sounds very specific, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Like, this must be a problem. I don't know. I'm not a hunter, but that's 150 francs. Ooh, how much do you think it is if you're using a mobile phone while riding a bicycle? Um, Probably 80 francs. Half of that, 40. Okay. That makes sense. Like, I mean, you don't want to be taking up time and, and, and energy and paperwork on a 40 franc fine to being sent to you because you're on your phone because you got caught on your phone while you're riding your bike. Right. I wonder if you're sitting at the light and you use your phone. I bet you it's still still a fine. Yeah, because you're on it a was, bike. It yeah. would be the same in a car. Yeah. 
Okay, making use of Recycling Depot outside opening hours. Now, as you know... 300 francs. Yeah, that's 50. Failure to carry your driving license with you? (gasps) 20 francs. 20 francs. Smoking in enclosed public spaces is only 80, but that should definitely be 300. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. Crossing a street near a pedestrian crossing. Isn't that called jaywalking? Yes. Do you know that for... When I was a kid, actually, until like maybe a month ago, <laughs> I thought jaywalking meant walking in a diagonal line across the road. <laughs> I didn't know it meant not crossing at the crossing. I thought like the J had something to do with the way you walked. It's just named after a guy who was a chronic jaywalker in New York City in the 1920s. But you're lying. Yeah, I'm completely lying. Mr. J. There you go. All right, the fi- last one, this one kills me. If you... Run out of gas or petrol on the on a motorway or road. If you run out of gas, you get fined 120 francs. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me. It doesn't surprise me. It's this, that's the sort of thing I would get in trouble for. Sure, yeah. I'd see a policeman come in. I'd be like, oh, thank goodness. My day has been saved. And they're like, uh, excuse me, but you, st- you run out of gas. Here's a ticket. I wouldn't know what to do. Oh, that's so funny. I love it. All right. So there you go. So, uh. They're going to start that January 2020, so be on the lookout to uh, yeah. always, I guess, always carry cash with you. Yeah, carry cash when you're smoking some cannabis. <laughs> All right, so let's get on to our interview. Let's do it. All right, here is Harry, excuse me, here is Harry Darling. All right, and joining us now is our third member of the Darling family we've had on the Swiss Pats podcast. This is Harry Darling. Welcome. Hi. The reason Harry's on is he is a musician, and so he has uh, he has some bands. His mom and sister are very proud of him. We had his mom Jean on. We've had his sister Kate, and now we have <laughs> Harry. So welcome. Now the names of the bands you are on, uh, you're known as the Bitch Queens and the X Darlings, right. yeah. and also a couple side projects, the Motherfucking Motherfuckers and the Its. So my first question is, how long have you been a Christian rocker? <laughs> <laughs> forever forever it's you're always- just born that you don't become it at some point yeah yeah okay that's great so harry <laughs> uh, let's let's start before we get into the bands and the christian rock background <laughs> you can tell us all about that um you are considered i guess the term would be third culture kid um you are american but all you've pretty much known you've come to switzerland at an early age yeah, five, five and a half. Okay, so your earliest memories are just Switzerland, pretty much, more or less. Yeah. Okay, I guess let, let's start there. Um, what what has that been like experience for you, um, growing up kind of with like in Switzerland, but kind of American? Like, what's what's that been like? Well, it has, I think, had mainly advantages because I grew up bilingual. That's huge. Like, learning uh, languages is just easier for me. Or even speaking languages I do not know at all comes a bit easier to me than to some of my friends that grew up with only German. Maybe that's even a character issue, too. Personality issue. I don't know. Yeah. But that, I mean, it helps a lot to know two languages. Yeah. And French a bit, too. And that that idea of the multiple languages always fascinates me because i mean both you and i come from countries where it's just 
you speak English and that's it, you know. And just when somebody says, oh, it's real easy for me to learn another language, I, I get so jealous of that. Yeah. You know? It's not per se easy to learn another language, but I think it might be a bit easier to just try it. Yeah. Or kind of jump into it because yeah. you already went through a phase where you kind of had to jump in forcefully. Sure. Now, the the language aside, I mean, the, this this the you being a musician in bands, where did that start? Um, how did you get? How did you get? Well, how did you find your love of just being into music? I don't know. Yeah, I probably don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just happened at some point. I think it started when. I mean, my parents uh, always wanted me to play sport and play an instrument. That was just kind of a, a rule they had. So I had to pick some kind of instrument. And at first, that was the oboe. Of course. Yeah. I mean, that Natural. suits me perfectly. Mm-hmm. I see you. I see I see oboe player. I mean, that's just... I know, loses. I know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's kind of funny because we went to this... Uh, place where they uh, presented different instruments and you could choose and since it was all like classical stuff which just doesn't really suit me too much anyways I was being the rebel by picking the oboe because no one was interested in the oboe and everyone wanted to play trombone or violin or stuff like that so the oboe is the rebellious instrument here, <laughs> just so you know. So your mom and dad should have had a clue right then, like, gonna have, uh, we're going to have trouble on our hands. <laughs> no. No. So the oboe was the beginning of your musical career, and do you... I guess so. <laughs> do, do you uh, still play the oboe? I do not, no. <laughs> you got one, like, on the wall or something? No. Oh, jeez, no. <laughs> what do you play now? Well, at some point, I kind of noticed that maybe I don't want to play the oboe and would rather bang on stuff when I kind of went into puberty. Swiss girls aren't into oboe players? No, they totally are. <laughs> <laughs> but there were more important things, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I started playing drums, which was probably not what my parents necessarily wanted because it's super loud and we set up a drum set in our apartment with these skins that were soft and had like towels over the cymbals so it, it was still really annoying that sounds I'm a sure. lot cheaper than the option i just did which was my seven-year-old plays the drums and we bought him an electronic drum set oh but those things are really cheap nowadays right <laughs> oh yeah I would no, much you, rather you done got the towel thing with the with the towel over the. Believe skins. me, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as fun for the kid either because with the electronic drum set you can put on the headphones and it sounds like a drum set. Yeah. But this is just like it's like hitting on pots and pans. It's not fun. But you still learn the drums that way. I mean, somewhat or. Well, yeah, that was just like the first year or two. If I remember, but then we had a project in school where we had to form groups and create a musical piece together. And I was there with a classmate of mine. And we just, I played drums because I played drums and he played bass because he was playing cello or something. And he sang because he was in a choir or something like that. And they were like, oh my God, we have to start a band. 
so we asked a few two other guys that he knew and then we started playing and we had a band room in our school so we could practice there i gotta ask what was the name do you remember well we had oh gosh should i really say this come on i gotta hear it we had a few different names and we were really bad like so bad there's still some recordings around but i think the first official name was hot cut up pancake and the grannies on flying wheelchairs that's an awesome name that is a fantastic i know right and the music fit perfectly to it too it was just awful On that note, what is your style and has it evolved over the years, you know, from from back when you were a teenager and with the hot cut up pancake band to now? Well, I hope it evolved. (laughs) I haven't heard the hot cut up pancake band music, so. Um, That's better. It's better for everyone. Don made a joke about you being Christian rock, but that's not true. It's not. (laughs) So tell us a bit about your style. Well, we were kind of into, like, punk rock and hard rock and stuff, I guess. I've always been into all sorts of different music, but it kind of... in With those four people in a room, that was what our common interests were, I guess, at the time. And uh, the more we played, the more I got interested in music in, in general and started discovering older punk rock stuff. And that's kind of where it went from there i don't know so now punk rock in switzerland i know there's a isn't there like a really big metal bar somewhere around basel that gets or not a bar but a venue that gets a lot of heavy metal bands in i think so yeah in yeah, yeah 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 very good pronunciation i i do not call it that way <laughs> call it prattle yeah, yeah i do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if you grow up here yeah. <laughs> um, but punk rock in Switzerland, I mean, is there a history at all between oh, the two? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, sure. Okay. Like in the 70s, 80s, there were lots of bands. There's actually a pretty nice book on all the Swiss bands that existed like in the 80s and stuff. Swiss punk bands. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. So you guys, the, the band that you formed in school, I mean, are this still the guys that make up Bitch Queens, or is, is that kind of evolved a little One bit? of them is. Just one, okay. Yeah, we started playing when we were 15, I think, and okay. now we're both 33, so we've been playing music together for over half our lives. Wow, okay. I know, that's like comically long, almost. Yeah, I don't it's, think... It's, Lennon and McCartney didn't last 15 years, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it's more than 15 years, it's 18 years... See, that's why we have a darling on, to do the smart stuff. Do, this, yeah. do the math. The math. <laughs> it's not our forte. No, it's not really. so, the, so you guys have been playing together very long. I guess the current iteration of, of the Bitch Queens that is, um, you know, you go to your website, you see you guys have the tour. How did that kind of evolve? Um, and, you know, how did it get to where you guys are at right now? Well, we played and played and played and played shows over and over again Mm -hmm. all over the place like by now all over the world actually okay yeah and how did it get to that point i mean i guess i guess (laughs) you guys are you guys are playing and was there a break was there somebody who saw you that or was it the internet where did the where did it kind of get the momentum to be able to play 
I think there's two ways a band can go until you get to a point where you can play a good amount of shows. Either, like you said, someone sees you and they're like, can I book shows for you because you're great? That did not happen to us, probably because we were never that great. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that's like the lucky break, and a lot of bands are waiting for that. And the other way you can go, which I would recommend to most people because you can't sit and wait for that lucky break is just try it yourself and put in a lot of hard work mm-hmm. like book those shows you start out with local shows and then you you might like play with a local band i mean a small band from someone or somewhere else and they'll invite you there and then it gets more and more if you play well in smaller venues they'll get you back next year and you kind of build up your network of venues you can play in. I was going to say, so it's a little bit like a business. You've got a network. It's not just, uh, it's not this like movie trope where you get a big break. You've got to put some hard. Well, even if, you, even if you get a big break, you're going to have Still. to network probably even more. I don't know. <laughs> and you've got to perfect your image. Yeah. I guess you guys can, uh, can, can do it how you, how you please because you're doing it how you want to do it. That's right, yeah. Um, you did mention one place in Basel that is a good venue. If people are interested in this kind of music, you know, like if I wanted to see um, someone like the Bitch Queens, I wouldn't actually know which places in Basel to Google. So can you tell us some places that, that people can see some more of that alternative kind of music and places yeah. that you like or, or recommend to listeners? Well, there's one place that I think at the moment is kind of like the coolest place for alternative music not only bitch queens type because there aren't very many of that mm. type in in town actually but it's the kosheme have you ever heard of it no no it's near the stadium kind of a bit off from the city so you can't just walk there but they have a really good program and they're they're like working really hard at it the people that run it then there is uh, Hioshenek, which has been around for, jeez, oh, a long time. Forever. O- over 30 years or something. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. But just a long time. It's like an old uh, punk venue, which has a really nice restaurant. You don't have to be a punk to eat there. You can <laughs> be a perfectly normal person. You just walk in, kick it's, over a table, and then sit down and be like, feed me? You can. They're going to throw you out, though. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'll like be the first. Your idea of a punk is cut walking in somewhere and kicking over a table. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> like, how many hotel rooms can I destroy? That makes me a punk. Yeah, <laughs> not quite like that, is it? No, it's no. <laughs> um, so, tell us, tell us more about first off the bitch queens. Um, kind of like, uh, uh, what can people expect at a show? kind of music what kind of you know what what can people expect from the bitch queens or or the music in general it's loud Mm -hmm. it's distorted there's a lot of guitars okay (laughs) it's uh, we're we're inspired by um scandinavian rock from the late 90s early 2000s yeah and I consider us a live band. We have a bunch of albums out. I brought one if you want a CD. Okay. Uh, but 
it's it's a live show, so we put on makeup, we rock out. And awesome. We never play longer than an hour. <laughs> That's probably because you're exhausted after. Yes, so <laughs> especially on the drums. Yeah, it's a, it's a like a uh, an active set. It is. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Now I want to go see but we, we firmly believe that people don't pay to come to concerts where people where the band just stands around. Yeah. So um, <laughs> you, you, the, the idea of being active has made me think of something. Um, a lot of the times that I've gone to see music in Basel um, has been very disappointing. I've, <laughs> uh, I've been shushed. Um, you know, oh. not necessarily the band is Swiss or, um, or, or, or it's a kind of a, a slow or, or quiet music. It's more the crowd. They don't like, it seems like there's a, an expectation to sit and listen. And I find that really hard to, to deal with. Like I was at a, a concert of one of my favorite bands and I was, people were not impressed with me because i was singing i was dancing i was bumping into people what band was that that was wilco so you know P- yeah Seems this is like in zurich be able to and i've been to a that. ton of their concerts and it's been like very you know people sway and bump into the person next to them and everyone's kind of you know next to each other but at this particular concert it was there was there was a dispute about uh how much noise was you know not just noise but how much movement was being made so i um i like the idea that that there is obviously music in basel that's local to us that that involves the crowd i assume you know is that is that a smaller kind of a niche uh thing is that what you guys were hoping for like okay that let's let's involve the crowd sort of thing like let's get let's get physical well, you were just I like mean, no this is just my music <laughs> I think it's just our music. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, involving the crowd sounds kind of like it's a, a what do you call it in a in a hotel where they have a animator or something. <laughs> it's not that kind of involvement. But you want pe- but you want you don't want people to stand there and, and No, they can bash their heads in yeah, if they want. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But maybe at the Wilco show you were just in the wrong pocket of people and you should have gone further to the front of the I was stage. Trying, or... I was trying to. That's yeah. where were, that's where I was. They didn't like it. That was it was not good. But it's nice to hear that. That's sad. Yeah, it was sad. I don't know. It was really sad. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a Swiss thing, but Well, I was then at then next I was at a blues one where we we were shushed for clapping. Ooh, geez. Yeah. You're going to the wrong shows. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> to me. Like, it's, as soon as you said about, you know, being physical, I was like, yeah, I need to get some to, some, to some of these shows. Sure. Yeah, there you go. I need to know where you, when you're playing next. We're actually playing at Kosheme in June, I think, 1st of June. Awesome. So that's the venue and the band that I... Huh? Yeah. Perfect. Now, <clears throat> my other question here is, is, so you have the Bitch Queens, but you also have the Ex-Darlings, which... Which is new. Is new. Yeah. Okay, and this is with your soon-to-be wife. That's correct? right. Now, let, let's let's explore this dynamic, right? Because <laughs> I'm fascinated by this. So you have your band, but then you have this this other band with your soon-to-be wife. How does, how does that work? Um, first of all, how did you two meet? And then second of all, how did it kind of develop into, hey, let's let's do this too? Well, she plays guitar for a band from Zug called the Delilahs. Actually, not the Delilahs, but just Delilahs. Okay. Delilahs. Yes. Okay. 
Um, and we met because Bitch Queens and Delilah's uh, recorded a split seven inch together. For those who don't know what a split seven inch it's a is, it's a seven inch record, like a single record. And you have two sides, and you'll have a song of each band on each side. Okay. That's a split seven inch. And we recorded um, two covers of old punk rock songs. And they recorded it in our studio here in Basel. So did we, obviously, Mm -hmm. that I run, I guess. And that's how we met. Okay. So, like, a year later, we became a couple, and I live with her in Zug by now, uh, now. And, uh, I mean, I've always been playing guitar a bit just so I could write songs for Bitch Queens. But at some point, I'd been writing more songs than I could use for Bitch Queens. Different songs okay. that don't necessarily fit the style, because we do have a certain style with Bitch Queens that we don't want to vary off sure. too much from. Yeah. So what's the, what's the ex-Darling style like then? It's more, it definitely has a bit more pop in it. It's still very loud and distorted and rock, and it has a lot of garage elements, but it definitely has some more poppy elements to it, too. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, I guess, who are some of your musical uh, influencers or people, or do you have, did you have people or bands or that, that have really kind of, I guess spoke to you or really kind of helped you find this path to to what you're doing now. I kind of hate that question. Okay. But it's a really good question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate it because there are so many of them and I don't want to discredit some by mentioning others. What I would do now, I guess, is give a shout out to one band that's from Basel that really influenced me because I think it was maybe... No, I actually was the first punk rock show I saw was the Lombago Surfers. Have you ever heard of them? No. no. They play a really cool mixture of uh, surf and punk rock, and I really, really like them, and they're still around. They've been around for over two, three decades, I think. Yeah. And then- that I saw them. And he, the, the guitar player, singer, was the guitar teacher of our guitar player now, back then. Okay. So we went to watch him, and it was just amazing. Because <laughs> we were tiny. I mean, we were 15 or so. Oh, wow. All yeah. Right. And the, um, being these, these shows that you talked about that you guys put on, these like you know hour-long, just intense things, um, What's what's I guess the 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 feelings you have before or after a show? I mean, is it like a almost kind of like an addictive feeling when you're up on stage and you guys put on these shows? Um, can you kind of take us through those? Like, what's it feel like before the show, after the show, during the show? Um, is it that kind of what what you enjoy, or is it the writing process? Is it the camaraderie with the bands? What is it that you enjoy uh, most about about this kind of I guess lifestyle or, or this 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 thing in your life that's so important to you. Well, I enjoy all aspects of them, and some more, some less. Mm-hmm. I can't say that it's addictive to be on a stage. <laughs> the, I don't know what you're trying to 
just pull out me there. No, 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 just the idea of just standing up there and just putting on the show and having people out there enjoying your music and 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 singing along or cheering and like seeing that kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm making this and there's all these people that yeah. really enjoy it. Like, I, I know, to me, I feel it's like an amazing like, feeling. Obviously, yeah. yeah. I love that, but you'll have shows that are the complete opposite too. Yeah, yeah, that's, well, yeah. But we've been doing it for a while, so I, before the show, I do not feel nervous anymore at all. At all, <laughs> it's just a thing of the past. Okay. And after a show, you'll feel exhilarated if it went well, and kind of exhausted because it's it's work and wet i feel very wet after a show (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you go home for a nap after a show no all right so tell us tell tell everybody how they can find out more about about your music and and all the projects you have going on what can people where can people go you can, of course, go to Facebook and Instagram and all those awful social media sites. <laughs> They're necessary. Yeah. Those necessarily awful, yeah. Support Facebook, yay. <laughs> uh. You can, if you want to avoid Facebook, see everything at xdarlings.com or bitchqueens.com. Um, the other projects that you mentioned before motherfucking motherfuckers the christian band the christian band that's right that's actually a fun band it's only a recording project with melchior the singer of bitch queens me and two guys from england that play in a band called the hip priests okay so also christian rock yes all comes back to that (laughs) sure We kind of hooked up and spent a day in the studio and recorded seven songs from scratch just like and we're going to do that again in April. Okay. Yeah. So some new stuff to look out for. Yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, Harry, we appreciate you coming on. Um, thanks so much, man. It was great. I hope that helped. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Harry, for coming in. And to celebrate that interview, we have a giveaway. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Uh, cue cheering music. Uh, we have two copies of um, albums from Harry. The first one is from his band Bitch Queens and the album L-O-V-E. We have that to give away. And we also have x Darlings, which is the band that Harry has with his partner. So if you would like to win one of those, all you have to do is like our post on Facebook. And then also comment which ones you'd rather win. Would you rather have the Bitch Queens or the X-Darlings? Yeah, it would help so we know which one you want. Yeah. Make a comment. And then we will send it to you anywhere in Switzerland. In fact, anywhere in the world. Why yeah, not? Why not? Let's, you know, they're already an international band. Let's, let's continue the love all the, way, all the way around the world. So don't fret. If you're in Australia, if you're in the US, if you're in England and you want a copy of this CD, then let us know. Now... Before we get to your interesting news story, which Don, you have for us, I want to give one shout out to Jonathan 
uh, Martin, who is the owner of Facebook page, a Shropshire lad in Switzerland. His Facebook page is where we get most of our news for Swiss Pats. And uh, his Facebook page is a really great place to follow what is happening in Switzerland and, you know, have conversations with other expats who live in Switzerland. So check out a Shropshire lad in Switzerland on Facebook and give his page a follow if you haven't already. So the uh, we love we love stories about rankings around these parts. We, we love a good survey. And I got another one for you. This is from U.S. News and World Report, and they have ranked. Uh, this is going on at least on the website since 2016. The overall best countries, and number one in 2019 is Switzerland. Switzerland has won again. So they were number one in. 2017 and they were number one in 2018 but in 2016 when they did this switzerland was not not on the list at all one (laughs) actually no i'm looking at the list and it's not on it i don't know did they forget that switzerland existed or yeah the (laughs) Twenty the best countries twenty sixteen. I'm looking at the PDF right now. Maybe I should have done this before we hit record. Germany, Canada, United Kingdom, United States, Sweden, Australia, Japan. This is twenty sixteen. There is no Switzerland on this list. There you go. So ever since they've been on the list, they've been number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They probably in two thousand sixteen were like, uh, excuse me, you forgot to to rank Switzerland. Yeah. And now now this is Switzerland will be forever on the list. Okay, so if you look into the attributes within the rankings, there are good ones and bad ones about aspects of life in Switzerland. So whether you are currently living in Switzerland or you are just listening because you're interested in living in Switzerland, this is the, the good and bad thing. So so these get, got ranked, like they got a rating, I guess. What did? The, the, the things about living in Switzerland. Yeah. Well, these are just, these are just attributes that didn't, didn't get ranked very well okay um so yeah yeah they did get ranked now i'm looking at it but uh the there's a common theme in that it it, it makes sense if you ever spent time in here if you know anybody who spent time here here are the bad ones 10 of them sexy switzerland sexiness not very poor very poor (laughs) Tick, I agree. <laughs> uh, fun. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Has great food. That, yeah. Yeah. There's pro- did that one get ranked the worst? Cause- which, which is so strange is because there are so many Michelin star restaurants around here. Yeah. A guy that runs this restaurant in New York City called Levin Madison Park. Swiss. He's Swiss. Yeah. That's like one of the best restaurants in the world. But, I, I mean, Swiss food is not good. Sure. Yeah. Like fondue is great and raclette is great because Swiss cheese is great. But like, I don't know. I don't want to speak for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to speak for myself here. I don't want sausages and I don't want rosti and I don't want schnitzel. I hate all those things. Yeah. And that is basically, to me, that, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's Swiss food to me. Yeah. It's, a lot of tubed meats, a lot of. Right. Like, yeah. have this giant sausage or this giant sausage. Yeah. Like, no, that sausage is white. I'm not eating that. <laughs> I like schnitzel, though. Schnitzel's not bad. Yeah, a lot of people do like schnitzel, not me. 
Uh, cheap production costs. Yeah, it's not here. Uh, this is a bad thing. Strong military? I don't understand how that's a bad thing. Yeah, that surprises me. Uh, affordable. Yeah, it's well, definitely not affordable. Without saying. Uh, it's it's bad that Switzerland is not pol politically influential. Okay. Uh, culturally significant in terms of entertainment. I'm well, sure. how many Swiss films could we name? Yeah. Well, I uh, can, I mean, in terms of entertainment, I think I can name one Swiss person. Roger Federer. Yeah. It's pretty much. That's it. I mean, can you think of anyone else? No. All right. Keep going. Uh, being different. <laughs> Different from what? Uh, just being different. Things are a lot of things are the same around here, and influential culture. Which, well, I don't yeah. know if I agree with that one. They've got a lot. Of, you know, that's because we live in the cultural center of Switzerland. We do. Yeah. Okay. This. Uh, these are the best things. These got the top marks. These ten attributes. About this is what made Switzerland number one. Yes. Trustworthy. Cares about the environment. Yeah. Cares about human rights. Okay. Modern. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well-educated population. Well, that's true. Except for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> no corruption. What about FIFA? Oh, isn't that, is that based? That's no, FIBA. The FIFA. International Basketball Association. No, FIFA, the football one. That's based in Switzerland. The guy got done for corruption. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think. Hashtag easy fact. Okay. Uh, good public health and education systems. Yeah. Yeah. Economically and politically stable. Well, yeah. Safe. Yeah. And number 10, the top mark about Switzerland, scenic. Well, all those things are, are true. All those things are should be top ranked. Totally. Yeah, so Switzerland is number one for 2018, uh, as they were for 20, or 2019, as they were for 2018, 2017. And if you're wondering, Japan is number two. I was wondering. Thank you for telling me. Where's Australia on there? I'm getting there. America Junior is number three, also known as Canada. <laughs> Germany is number four. Okay. The United Kingdom is number five. Mm. Sweden is number six. Yeah. Oh, this hurts. Okay, Australia is number seven. Yep. Number eight is the United States. Well, I'm upset that the UK beat Australia. Yeah, but... Yeah. I think this survey is flawed. <laughs> It's by U.S. News and World Report. Why didn't they put the United States first? Yeah. Norway is number nine, and France is number ten. Places like Norway and that always tend to rank pretty high. So Norway, Sweden, yeah, for yeah. sure. But man, I couldn't imagine winter time in I, those I mean, countries. We, they do these surveys. I guess they're just independent surveys. They do them all year round. There is always a list of best country to live in, best. Uh, you know, scenic place to be, best place to travel to. They, and Switzerland always comes up. It's know, just, Trump. yeah, I mean, it's it's just content. <laughs> they just need to fill fill content and it's like, oh, let's do another list of best. And it sucks us right in, but that's okay. I was going to say, a bit like our podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. Just fun stuff. It, it means is, nothing. It is fun. Well, we can, we can gloat to all of our friends in England and Australia and America we live in the best country in the world. Number one. Although we contribute nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Yeah. But, you know, there's always got to be those people, right? Yeah. The freeloaders. That's us. That's us. Well, there you go. We're number one uh, in the world. 
We are. Yep. <laughs> I think we're a number one podcast, and that does it for another edition. It sure does. Of Swiss Pats. Swiss Pats, yep. So again, uh, thank you to Harry for coming on. As uh, You could check out the uh, post on Facebook or Instagram and leave a comment uh, to win uh, uh, some of his music uh, yeah. from either the Bitch Queens or the Ex-Darlings. And follow us on social media. On uh, You could find our podcast anywhere, pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. Or SwissPats.com, which is probably the easiest in, in place to go. So that does it for another week. Also, don't forget to listen to us on WRS on Friday mornings. You know, thank you for that, Susie. No problem. Anytime. Here for you, Don. Have a good one. See you later. Are you talking to you? Are you talking to me?